is more than enough. And that's what we're talking about this morning. I'm excited because this, this is my, I get to talk about my best friend. That this is, this is, he's the one that has led me for 34 years. And I can honestly say without him, there's no hope and no help for Mark Linton. There is no hope <laughs> apart from him. I can do nothing. And so I stand up here excited as we look at this thing of the, the purpose of power. Why, why we get this, this power that everybody desires. We all want that. And, uh, and, and today we celebrate the fulfillment of what Jesus spoke to, uh, to his disciples before he checked out in Acts 1, 5. He said, John, baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now it's important we look at this word baptized because you got to think, he didn't say you're going to be filled, he said you're going to be baptized. It's going to be something that goes under. I like the smiley face. That's a good job, Kel. Um, but but it's, 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 it's something more than just an infilling, it's an overflowing. And we're going to look at that this morning. And it goes on, like she mentioned in Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So today we celebrate two things, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. This is when the word church first came into being. And and let me help you with that because a lot of people, we assign religious value to anything when it sounds religious like church. We think it's spiritual church. Really the word church means gathering together. It means a group of people coming together. So when we call ourselves Christian Renewal Church, we're gathered under the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ and under the power of His Holy Spirit. So there are other gatherings where people refer to the word church, but Jesus said He's going to have His church and it will be one that will stand against the gates of hell. And that's what we're doing here today. And I want to look at this thing of baptism. And I believe there are three baptisms that each of us have to go through on our spiritual journey. Well, let me rephrase that. You don't have to. We get to. And if you look at the word baptism, it means dipped, plunged, or immersed. It means to be completely consumed, to be be taken over, immersed in something. And uh, if you look in uh, the very first baptism that we need to be baptized in is baptized into the body of Christ. Where we get immersed into Jesus and we get immersed into his body. Us, our brothers and sisters. It's a, it's a relationship thing. I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself of being immersed in Jesus, but I want to challenge you. This is a great time to look at that. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says, for we are all baptized in one spirit into one body. So we get We get the opportunity, because of the grace of God, that Jesus draws us into this relationship where he continually woos us. He continually pours in. We have the ability to connect with him in a very real, tangible way. And that's what he wants more than anything. He's not looking for simply this thing of religious duty where we show up at a place and we sing some songs and we hear a message and we go out and then we live our life and then we go show back up next Sunday or we're going to watch online. But it's a, it's a, it's a relationship where when you're, when you leave here today and you prayerfully go on your prayer walk and you begin to connect and, and you stay engaged and he, he has access 
24-7 to either call you up to something he wants you to do or call you out for something you've been doing. Both are important. Y'all, y'all got to get that. He'll either call you up to say, I got more for you, or he's going to call you out about something you've been doing. Anybody ever been called out about something you got going on and you're going, you, you're busy doing stuff and always like, hey, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm, I'm not doing that. And so we get baptized in this and that's what Galatians 3, 26 and 27, you are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, sons and daughters, that's children. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, You clothed yourself with him. Now, it's important to understand because the first Sunday we began to talk about the purpose of power. We talked about how the Holy Spirit comes in us. And he comes and he begins to blow out the old and he breathes in the life of God. And he begins to to cause his wind. That's what we said spirit means in the Hebrew and the Greek, it means wind. It means he's blowing in and he, he begins to do that. And it's important to understand this baptism first because this one stands all by itself. And Jesus wanted it that way because there's nothing you can do or brag about doing and somehow you did it yourself. It's all done by his grace and mercy. That's what the first uh, disciples, when they received Jesus, their first, this baptism took place in John chapter 20. Verses 19 through 22, it says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. So there, this is right at, this is between, in that 40 day period, Jesus kept appearing and he shows up there inside the door locked, scared. They're, the, the Jewish uh, leaders are coming to get him. Jesus pops through the wall and he says, peace be with you, which is important. <laughs> you, you see, he shows up there. They want to make that happen. And he, he, he tells him, um, that, uh, that, that, that after that in verse 20, he said, after that, he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They realized, Hey, it's him. We weren't sure. He just popped through the wall. There he is. And as a result, they began to to celebrate. And that's when Jesus said this. And this is where the disciples were first, are first born again. In in, uh, 21, it says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. That breath, that that pneuma, that, that breath of God. He breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit. So at this moment, they were born again. Jesus couldn't do this before because he he hadn't been raised from the dead. The sins had not been paid for. That's our first baptism. And it's powerful to know this, that there's nothing that you and I can do to be good enough to make this happen. And Jesus wanted this to stand alone because you get to experience this relationship with him based on what he did instead of based on what you and I do. Matter of fact, Luke said the same thing. This story, Luke picked it up as well in, in Luke 24, 36. And it says, just as they were uh, telling about it, Jesus himself suddenly standing there among them, he said, peace be with you. So he pops through the door. And then in Luke 24, 49, he says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until 
the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So here, here's where we got to grasp this. That if you've been born again, you've made Jesus your Lord, the Holy Spirit has come into you. And that's exciting. Because what he does, he makes you a new creation. He makes you a new creature. Old things begin to get passed away. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Today would be a great day to experience the newness, the freshness of God removing every sin, every stain out of your life. And you get to connect with him in a very powerful way. That's the first baptism. And there again, nothing, no good work that I've done, no good work that you've done can take the place of what Jesus has done. And so we celebrate that first one. The second one would be water baptism. Okay, so so with this, and by the way, let me say this. I've talked to many people over the, the 30 years that I've been pastoring here at this church. And I've, I've heard outside the church where there's so much confusion over this baptism. Like, there are some people that teach you have to be baptized in order to get to heaven. And some of you are going, what, Mark? Listen, baptism is an expression of my faith, not Jesus' faith. In other words, I get to make a declaration before everybody, and I get to say, it's based. He's already won me over. Matter of fact, I'll say it this way. When we look at what we just celebrated with the, 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 the powerful words of Jesus, the last seven words, words to live by, and the thief on the cross, and, and he recognized that he's in bad shape, and he's going, we've done nothing. He's done everything. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus didn't stop everything and say, hold it. We got to get some water, y'all. Get some water in here. This, this man's got to get wet in order for him to get to heaven. And he said, no, today you'll be with me in paradise because it's all what Jesus did. But when we talk about this part where we get to go into the water, this is where Acts 2.41 in, after they preached the gospel, in the Holy Spirit fell and they preached. That's where they said, those who accepted his message were baptized. They went into the water. And what they did is, they united with him through his death, through the water. In Matthew 10, 32 and 33, it says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. Which says this, baptism is me going public with my very private decision to accept Jesus. You ever talk to somebody about the Lord, you ask them about Jesus, and they say, well, that's kind of private. I'm like, yeah, it is very private. It's it's very personal because it's only I can be saved. I can't be saved on somebody else's faith. It's my choice to accept the grace that's been given to me. And so if, if I try to go on what my mom says or what my dad says, it's a very personal that Jesus, you have personally, you personally died for me. If I was the only one here, you'd have still done it. And so at some point, Jesus says you want, he wants you to go public with that very private decision. That's why in just a little while, I'll ask you to pray. And, and I'll ask you to bow your heads. And I, I, I won't ask you to come up here because it's very personal. That's you deciding to accept Christ. Nobody says, hey, you got to walk out. That's where baptism comes in. Where you walk down and you say, I, I choose to follow Jesus in the water. And I've had people ask me this. If I've ever been baptized before, do I need to be baptized again? And I look at them, I said, well, that depends on you. 
Do you know what you did when you first did it? Or did you do it because somebody coached you into the water? You know, somebody said, hey, you, you need to be, I need to be baptized. Okay. And so for all practical purposes, it might have been just you got wet. I went in there. I don't know what happened. And so some people say, well, you ask them, hey, are you saved? They'll tell you, I've been baptized. Okay, good. But are you saved? Are you connected to the Lord? Because that's where Jesus says, I want this. Your salvation relies completely on him. And then baptism, uh, water baptism is me doing that. So he said that if you acknowledge me for men, I'll acknowledge you for others. That's me going public. He said, but if you disown me for others, I'll disown you before my father. So it's, it's very important that we go connected that way. Now, the third baptism, and that's what we're celebrating here today, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There again, there is so much controversy over this particular baptism. And it's simply because I'd say on both parts in, in the full gospel world and different churches, I've had some people tell me that you can't go to heaven unless you speak in tongues. And uh, that's a real, like, what? I got to speak in tongues to get to heaven? I'm like, I don't think that's what Jesus meant when he died. This is something for us. And if we look at it correctly, water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's for here while we're here on this planet. Our, our baptism into the body of Christ, that settles our eternity. Our baptism of water, that's where I get to display and, and communicate with everybody. I belong to Jesus. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he empowers me to do his work, his will, his way. And so um, let me state this too. For those of, if you've, been, if you've been baptized into the body of Christ, you've accepted Christ, you got the Holy Spirit at that moment, just so you know. It happened. When you said, Jesus, I give you my life, Jesus said, good, I give you my life. And it was a transfer. And so he gave you, the Spirit of God came in. You were, quote, born again. But he said there's more. That's why Jesus showed that after they were born again, he said, you still have to wait for that power to come. In Acts chapter 8, we're going to look at real quickly an instant where that happened. In Acts 8, 5 and 12, it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ, um, Christ to them. Okay? In, in verse 12, this is what happened. Uh, when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed and believed there, that's when they believed. They believed it and they said, you become born again. You believe. That's what First John, we're not going to turn there. First John 5, 13 says this. It says, I write these things to you, my brothers, who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. Anybody here ever struggled with that one? If I, I'm not sure I'm going to get there. I want to get there. I mean, I don't. It's a, it's a thing where God doesn't want it to be a hope so. He wants it to be a no so. Where you know for sure that he's connected to you. He's got your back and he's got you. Okay. So he believed and, and uh, Philip and he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And they were baptized. That's where they were water baptized. Both men and women. And then in Acts 8, 14 and 17, it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, like they were already, they believed, they baptized in the body, and they, they, had the, they, they were water baptized. It says that uh, when they heard that, um, they sent Peter and John, two apostles to Samaria, and when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. 
that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So they already had the Holy Spirit. He was already in them, but then they were going to be clothed with this power. And it said, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So there was, there was a distinct difference that they needed power. And that's where it goes on to say, then Peter and John, uh, Peter and John placed their hands on them and there was an impartation, there was a release of the Holy Spirit into their life. Now, some of you go, Mark, I've heard about that Holy Spirit and I've seen stuff on YouTube and I've watched stuff and man, I don't want any of that stuff happening to me. I don't know that I want any of all that stuff happening to me, but what I do want is I want everything that Jesus wants for me and everything that the Holy Spirit wants for me. I want it all. I want every bit of it. For my own personal journey, real quickly, I was raised in the Catholic Church. I love Catholics. <laughs> We're all Catholics, by the way. Catholic means universal. The universal church, not under that religion. I got to be careful. But we all are part of the capital C body of Christ. I was raised in the Catholic Church. I went to church every Sunday. Like I was there sitting. I was one of you sitting right there. And was I connected to the Lord? Mm, not so much. And I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm saying it's my fault. I was sitting there and I did stuff and I said stuff and I asked stuff and, and I left and then I did stuff and I said stuff and it wasn't matching up with what I did in there, what I did out there. And so I never really connected, quote, with the Lord. I connected with what I said and did in church, but nothing happened outside. And so when I, when I got myself in a big mess and I had really, I put myself in a place, my life looked like it was not you wouldn't have seen me for a while. Um, that's where I said, Lord, I got arrested on a Friday. I got out on Saturday. And I came to this church that Sunday. And I said, Lord, I've made a mess of this thing we called life. If you can do anything with it, I give you my life. And he came in and changed my life completely. I mean, completely turned it upside down, y'all. I mean, everything I was doing, I want to do. I mean, I just like, I just wanted to love Jesus. I want to help people. Lord, I just love you. I just wanted to help people and go. And then about two weeks later, <laughs> you know, we're in a charismatic church. By the way, you're in a charismatic church, just so you know. Somebody's like, I am? Yes, you are. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about gifts next week. We're going to be talking about, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts that come. It's going to be, you get ready to receive. And to this morning as well. So we had a group, we had a couple come through called the Happy Hunters, and it's a healing, they had a healing ministry, and uh, I just went somewhere because I needed to be somewhere, because if not, I'd do something wrong. So at that point in my life, I just wanted to be around the people of God. I showed up, and they they were incredible. They just were so happy. They were, they lived up to their name, the Happy Hunters. You know, if you've got your ministry, and it's called the Happy Hunters, and you, you're sad, you're in trouble. That's not good. And they lived up to it. And then they asked, who wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I went, what? <laughs> the baptism? Well, I've got Jesus and I love him and I know he's transformed my life. There's more? There's something else? And I was like, I want it, Lord. Give me it all. I don't care. I'll take it all. And so uh, I, 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 they said, come forward. So I came forward and they somebody, I don't even remember who it was. I remember who led me to the Lord. That was Alan Berry. But I don't remember who was praying for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit who were laying hands on me. 
They said, just speak whatever the Lord gives you. I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> Jesus, I love you. <laughs> they said, no, not in English. I'm like, well, that's the only language I know. I don't know Spanish. I don't know anything like that. What, what, what did you want me to say? They said, whatever it comes. And I said, okay. And literally that night, I had no clue. I'm, I'm just waiting for God to, to, to plunge me. <laughs> put me in there. Put me under, Lord. And so I sat there with my mouth open. Go ahead. Feel it. Give it to me. And then I realized he, ain't put, he already gave me a spirit. And it wasn't something that God speaks through me. He gives me the ability to do that. And so nothing happened that night, by the way. I left here going, well, I guess I didn't get what I was supposed to get. I just said, okay, thank you, Jesus. I'm still, I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed. I didn't go out here like, oh, rats. I, I was like, oh, well, praise God. I, there's something else. The next morning, um, I, I'm in the drug house I created. I got to say that. Um, and as I'm sitting there, my roommate who owned the house, who was mad at me because I'd gotten born again a couple weeks earlier and I was the supplier and he was very mad that I would not get him anything to get to supply him. I kept telling him about Jesus is so much better. Jesus is so much better. I'm telling you, it's so much better. You got to try this. And he wouldn't do it. So what happened is I ended up, church, I went that morning and I've shared it with you, but I, it's exciting. I, I, I love Cheerios still to this day. I grew up on them and I poured the milk and that was a mistake because I always said my prayers. And, and by the way, before I got born again, I said my prayers because of my mama, <laughs> because my mama was going to ask me. I went to church because of my mama. I said my prayers because of my mama. Mama, I love you. If you're watching, God bless you. You did a tremendous job. It was all because mama's going to ask me. I'm going to have to say, yeah, I went to church, mama. Yeah, I pray, mama. Um, but this, this changed when I, when I poured the milk and I started to pray. Man, I sat there and all of a sudden I just began to pray. I just started, this thing started turning loose in me. And I'm telling you, I couldn't stop. The river got, it's like, whoo, it's flowing, it's flowing. I'm sitting there. My roommate comes in and says, what are you doing? I said, I don't know, but it feels incredible. And he goes, he goes well, stop it. You're freaking me out. I said, well, it kind of freaks me out a little bit, but it feels good. And so I sat there and I kept on. And for about the next hour, I just kept on praying in the Holy Spirit. I just, this thing just kept coming out. And as a result of that, let me say this. Of course, not only did my Cheerios get soggy, had to, you know, nobody likes to eat them. Had to chunk them, we have to do another bowl. There was something that happened inside of me and something that happened to me that from that day forward, where there's been this, this power that, that comes on and it stays and you're going, it's like clothing, like, thank you, Lord, you're so good that you would do this for me. Now, the reason I bring that up is this, real quickly. It's not about me having power. It's about me using the power that God's given me. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. This, it's great. First of all, born again is for me, period. Like, I got, I've been born, Jesus, you saved my soul, you removed my sin. You, you did that. I get to celebrate that personally. But as far as water baptism, I go public and say, y'all, he is this good. I'm going in the water to, 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 to celebrate with everybody. I belong to him. And then this baptism, this is where he fills us and begins to use us. 
in a powerful way, the same way he did with, with Jesus in Luke, 14, uh, Luke 4, chapter 18, I mean, chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And I'll close with these few things. And just to give you, this is what we need to be doing. This is how we need to be engaged. This is the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit, what God wants to use you and me to do. And those of you watching, he wants to use us to do these very things. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus walks into the synagogue. He opens the scriptures and he begins to read from the book of Isaiah in Isaiah 61. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Like, I'm clothed with this thing. This thing, it's beautiful. It's a powerful, he's on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the captives and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what God wants to use you and me. He wants to empower us that we get to go do this in our society here today, starting right here in Brunswick, Georgia. And so I want to go through this real quickly. Look at these things where it says, so at first Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. On me is not in me. On me means literally he's clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a, there's anointing and anointing. If you look up the word, it's endued. It's for Christians endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. Like it's a, it's that booster, like, wow, this is so powerful. I get to do this. And so it's not something I'm operating out of my own strength. We get to operate out of the strength of the Holy Spirit. It's not something I got to muster up or I got to try to think. It's something I get to receive and I get to use and, and, and God uses it to bless other people. And the first thing he does, he says, the way I want you to use it first is proclaim good news to the poor. Now, let me say something to you, because poor is not a monetary thing. Like I read a while back, some people are so poor, all they have is their money. That'll sink in a little bit later. (laughs) And that's not cracking on anybody with money. But poor is not poverty. It's not a thing of where, oh, I I don't have the funds. Poor is a state of being. And Jesus was saying... And and through Isaiah, God was speaking through Isaiah, it's really the poor in spirit. Matthew 5, Jesus said the very first beatitude of the attitude to have, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are bankrupt, those who know they don't have the ability to pay. They can't pay for it. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, this goes to our first baptism into the body of Christ. When you come to the place and recognize, and I've had many people say, well, Mark, I just don't feel I'm, like I'm good enough. I was like, yes, you got it. Yes, that's right. Woo! They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you don't feel like you're good enough. You just, you're prepared. You're ready. They're like, what do you mean? I said, because when you think you can pay for it for yourself, you negate the grace and the love of God that Jesus, that Jesus showed us on the cross. And so the very first thing that we proclaim to the poor is not those who don't have money. It's to the poor in spirit. Those who don't feel like they can get there. They can't be good enough. And they can't. That's why Jesus came. And he said, so we want to we proclaim that. To the good news, the good news is 
You don't have to pay for your sins. I don't have to pay for my sins. Jesus did it. He settled it. Praise God. Celebrate that. The second thing is, we're to proclaim freedom for the captive. Anybody here ever ever had something get a hold of you? You started messing with something like, I'll, I'll, use, I'll start with something simple like chocolate. And I know some of y'all like Mark Easy. Don't, you, you better watch out. I am a captive of chocolate. <laughs> I get around it, it is gone. You know what I'm saying? It's like a chink. I'm going to be easy on that though. You ever got involved with something and it began to take you somewhere you didn't want to go? And it kept you longer than you wanted to stay? And it began to consume you and it began to captivate you? Well, I want to tell you, we're supposed to not judge them and tell them how bad they are. We're supposed to go and proclaim freedom to the captives that you can be free. We need to be the ones that say, hey, you can be free. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, things got a hold of you. But I'm telling you, through God's grace and through his goodness, you can be free from whatever it is that binds you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Whether it's power, power, people are captivated by that big time. Whether it's a position, like some people use their position to lord it over other people. Like I'm, I'm all powerful. Look, our position's never to be. Jesus didn't use his position. He used his position to serve others. And so, so literally, whether it's power, whether it's porn, <laughs> pornography is a major battle that we have in our culture today because of devices. You don't have to go to book. You just have it right here on the thing. And so you got to watch out over what God wants to set us free from that. And then also from privilege. God wants to set us free. Somehow I'm privileged. I'm more privileged than other people. And God wants us to recognize that, hey, we can be captive to many things and many things can get captured. This is what Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Like it is. Jesus wants us free. He wants you free. And today that can happen right here. That's what the Holy Spirit was given for. Then the third thing real quickly, proclaim Recovery of sight for the blind. There's sometimes where we're so, the people that see, we don't see. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 13, 14. He said, in them is the uh, fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will ever be hearing, but never understand. You'll ever be seeing, but never perceiving. And so they see with their eyes, but they don't understand what God's doing and what he's trying to do in their life and what he wants to do through their life. Also, in John chapter 12, verse, verse 46, he said, I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. See, sight is not simply my ability to see with my eyes. It's ability to see with my heart and understand with what's going on around me. See, so, so many of you see things that other people don't see. God gives us that ability. And I want to challenge you that we have to begin to see more clearly especially with the way our culture is right now in America, we need to stop just simply seeing with our physical eyes that we need to begin to see with our spiritual eyes and say, God, what are you saying? Show me what you're saying, what you're saying and doing. And then the fourth one is to set the oppressed free. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And this one today right now is prevalent in our society today. Proverbs 31, 8, 9 says this. Speak up for those who cannot speak 
for themselves. Ensure justice for those who are being crushed. Let me say to us, as a church, to those watching online, that's what oppressed means. It means to be crushed. And there are people getting crushed in many ways right now in our culture, in our society, and we have to do better and we have to be better. And this is what the Holy Spirit, this is what we're empowered to do to set the oppressed free. We have to be the ones to speak up for those who can't. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Matter of fact, in Galatians 5, 13 and 14, it says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Church, I want to tell you as a pastor, what we're walking in right now, and I started this service, what we're seeing in our society, we are tearing each other apart over the color of skin. And I want to tell you something, it's wrong. I want to tell you, we've got to begin to celebrate each other. And we celebrate a group of people that have been oppressed. And if you don't think they have, and I'm speaking from, I know many people right now, I'm speaking from just my simple understanding because I don't understand it all. And neither do you. But God does. And here's what we have to do. Matthew 5.23 says this. I didn't put it up here. Jesus is talking and he says, if you're at the altar to give your gift and you realize that your brother has something against you. Not that if you've got something against your brother. If your brother has something against you, you go to them. It doesn't say you wait for them to come to you. You go to them. And I'm going to tell you, I've been going and I've lived and I've I've been going to my brothers and sisters of color for for years since I was a child. And I'm going to keep going because I don't understand it all. But I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and we're going to grow. And as a church, we're going to be better and we're going to demonstrate what it means to set the oppressed free. And some of us got to be careful because you say, well, I'm not oppressed. What do you mean oppression? That's right. I don't know what it's like. I I don't know what it's like to have a, I do know what it's like to have a darker skin when I was in the sun a lot. But I don't know what it's like to be walking down the street and somebody look at me different just because of the color of my skin. I don't know what that's like. And many of you, neither, neither do you. And so I'm going to understand, and I'm, we're, when I said set the oppressed free, we're going to continue to pray, but we're going to also continue to have conversations. I want our church, we are a diverse church, and I celebrate that, but we're still not where we need to be. We have to begin to take the narrative and say, Lord, we're going to do better and we're going to be better. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He's called us to do that. He's called us to do that. I've spent too much time on that. I, I, I just want to say,
been wrecked over this. I've been wrecked over this. Some people say I'm too emotional. I'm not. I've sat back and I've watched. I've sat back and I've listened. I've, I pray more than anything. I stay offline. I'm just, Lord, I don't want to be the one causing injustice. I don't want my words to bring hurt. I want my words to bring healing. I want to be a, a light in a dark world, not in a white and black world, but in a world that is covered with sin. And it's not skin, it is sin on the inside. And I want it not just, not just any, all of us. There's oppression that happens in many forms, many ways. And I want us to be better. Please forgive me. I've just, just been praying, Jesus, forgive me if my words didn't come out just right. But I just, I love Jesus and I love people. That's what he said. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then finally, the last one, and gone a little too long, please forgive me. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is what we're supposed to do. God's not mad at you. God is not mad at you. We proclaim His favor when we demonstrate that the other people. Matter of fact, in Acts 2, 46 and 47, the results of the Holy Spirit being poured out. It wasn't simply about tongues. They heard the tongues in their language. And, and the problem is that the charismatic church has made it all about tongues. And that's a gift out of 27. And what happens is the people, we've got to be careful. We're going to cover that next week. Forgive me. But it's about us proclaiming the favor of the Lord every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There are people right now that are living, that are in this room that would love to experience eating together with glad and sincere hearts. Just the joy of being able to sit across the table and look with a genuine smile and go, man, I just love you. I really love you. You'd be surprised at how difficult that can be. That's the favor of God. God wants to favor you in that way that you get the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the power of God operating in and through you. And it said, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people and the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved, set free, that have been, re that have been reborn in the presence of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Church, we've, we've got to be the ones to do it. God's called us. He's empowered us. He's empowered us to do this. And I don't want to miss this moment. I don't want to miss this or any moment. I believe we're for such a time as this that we're supposed to be telling people about the good news that we're supposed to be bringing captives, setting people free, not setting, putting more bondage on them and telling them how bad they are, but say, you can be free. 
Everybody in this room has somebody that they know is addicted to something. Everybody in this room is addicted to something. Some are less harmful. Just go ahead and say that. We're all addicts. Some of them are self-aholics, all kind of stuff. But we all have stuff. But some of them, it's really taken their life. I want to challenge us that we want to be the ones to set the captive speed. We want to begin proclaim recovery of sight that you can see things clear. We want to begin to be the ones to set the oppressed free. And we want to be the ones, God's called us to be the ones to proclaim the favor of God over people's lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you would bow your heads with me this morning. If you're watching online, I know I've gone long. If you're still with us, praise God. Just want to tell you, God's for you. He's not against you. And as you're sitting there and you're feeling and sensing and saying, I want to ask you, do you feel connected? First of all, have you had the, you feel like a part of the body? Have you, have you been baptized into Jesus where it's a relationship? It's not a religion. It's not a duty. It's an honor. It's not a drudgery. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to. I don't have to pray. I get to connect with the Lord in a very powerful, prayerful way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're here and you don't know Jesus or you you feel you're very far away from Him or He's very far away from you, this would be a great time to get connected. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if, if you'd like to pray with me, and I'm not, I told you, I'm not going to ask you to come forward for this call. If you'd like to, to receive or, or renew your commitment to Christ this morning, I'm going to ask you to just slip your hand up wherever you are in the sanctuary this morning. Praise God. Anybody else? Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, He's here. He's here. He's here. He's wanting to to breathe that life in you. Wanting to blow out the junk. Praise God. Just pray with me right now. Father God, I recognize that I've said things and done things that displease you they dishonor me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I give you my life, and in return, I receive your spotless life. Come have your way in me, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Settling that, that's right. Settle that. Look, and you settle that. You, you mark on there. I'll be glad to walk that with you. And then the second one today, and we're going to, we're just going to, when I dismiss, we're going to allow people that would like, and I'm going to ask our, some of our prayer word, our, our prayer team and, and our elders as well. If you'd like to receive this power, we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you've never done that. And that's something you're curious about. And you go, Mark, I don't know. You're like me, 34 years ago, Mark. I'm, 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 I've seen some stuff. I'm like, I've seen stuff, and I've even had stuff happen. It's an exciting time. You don't need to be fearful. You need to say, Lord, I want it all. So if you need prayer for healing or you want to receive that, I'd love to be honored to pray and, and to pray with you when we dismiss right here in just a second. I'd be honored to do that. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you would, open your hands to the Lord. I'm going to bless you, and then we'll be here to pray with people, praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying for if you got you need healing in your body. The healer still works. He's still healing and does miracles. 
His blood is still just as powerful as it was 2,000 years ago. By His stripes you were healed. Amen. Father God, thank you, Lord. God, you're the one who created the universe. Father, you're the one that commanded blessing to be spoken over your people that your name might be placed on them. And you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to every one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.